You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. We are oxygen conscious, and so we're going to go ahead and let it breathe just for a few moments. We got to get Facebook in here, get the great peeps from Facebook in the room, and then we're going to get this party started proper. And it looks like we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast. Presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, interesting article that Bob Morris published earlier today, which was basically, you know, it came on the heels of his 53-man pre-game three, 53-man roster prediction. And he had three guys who were making who he had making the roster losing their spot as a result of game three. And I want to go through that, get your take on that. But does anyone jump out to you as having probably been pretty safe and then boom, their performance against the Rams. Now it's all bets off. One player jumps to mind. And I mentioned this on Kelberman's corner earlier today and shout out to everyone who tuned in with me there. The one guy whose performance, you know, his lack of performance was Deontay Spencer. And I talked about it that the first punt returner was Trinity Benson. And I can't remember the second guy, but I remember remarking to myself in my mind, making a mental note, it wasn't Deontay Spencer either. And I'm really glad if that's the case. I don't advocate for anyone to get fired publicly. I don't advocate for anyone to lose their job. It's a really cutthroat business. But I'm keeping the receiver in Benson, who can also double as the punt returner and provide value on offense as the speed demon the backup to K.J. Hamler, what have you. So the first name that came to mind when you posed that question was Deontay Spencer. I got to throw in another name here. Brett Rippon. Yes. As the television broadcast um, made it plain, most teams nowadays are carrying two. And when you're carrying three quarterbacks, it's usually a result of either one really young quarterback and you just – better safe than sorry, who you're rolling with as the starter, to injury-prone quarterback or you know quarterback coming off an injury. So then you, you might carry three, at least short-term. The Broncos have carried three for a while now, but with Teddy being there and Drew having 18 starts under his belt, if something were to happen to Teddy, knock on wood, why do you need to roster Brett Rippon when you're so deep at corner, you're so deep at wide receiver, you're so deep at multiple other positions on this roster. And the truth is, Brett Rippon would probably pass through waivers and you could get him re-signed to the squad. It's a good point. Yeah, I do think in, in uh, to be conscious of the roster limits and trying to fit another player elsewhere, they don't need to carry three, especially when Brett Rippon really has no long-term developmental upside, Chad. He is what he is, and I think the sooner he gets into coaching, the better off Brett Rippon will be. Um, another guy, receiver, though, I, one or the other, I mentioned Deontay Spencer, but also it came to me, Tyree Cleveland. He had a drop-filled training camp. He had a really nondescript summer, and then yesterday um, he had a couple uh, miscues that really don't bode well for his roster chances. So I'm saying, and I'm holding firm, one of Spencer or Cleveland are gone. Yeah, uh, Tyree Cleveland, unfortunately, 
Uh, I'm just not seeing it. Now, you wish, Zach, that Drew Locke would have been able to connect with him on that deep pass, and maybe it could have completely have changed his uh, outlook or trajectory. Uh, but, you know, ifs and buts, candy and nuts, etc. I don't know. I'll pull up here. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head who Bob had here, so let me just pull it up real quick. Three Broncos who lost a roster spot preseason game three. According to Bob Morris, Brett Rip and Tyree Cleveland, and then a corner, Parnell Motley. Now, Motley was a guy that we we know has been, you know, bubble guy, basically, just because of the depth there. O.J. Moody getting hurt helped everybody at the bottom of that roster a little yeah. bit as far as their prospects, but you've got Kerry Vincent, a rookie seventh-round pick that's played very well in the preseason. Nate Hairston, I think, has outshined Parnell Motley, and Motley is a boundary corner, whereas both Hairston and Vincent are more inside guys, slot guys. Parnell Motley, flip a coin. Who knows? It's either going to be Motley on the outside looking in of that trio or Hairston. I would be stunned if they waived Kerry Vincent Jr. Yeah, I would too. He's a draft pick, and I think Peyton obviously wants to develop his guys that he handpicked. Uh, Savion Smith, Savion Smith, I think he had a, he, he stood out a little bit yesterday. But Motley, Hairston, Smith, I mean, you're bottom of the barrel now. When you're, you know, fourth cornerback is Patrick Sertan, then they have Ojemudia coming back. They really can't afford to carry too many other corners. Um, Motley didn't stand out. I heard Hairston's name on special teams quite a few times, so I think that gives him the edge over the other guys who really didn't make much of an impact on the other side of the ball. By the way, real quick, for those of our great super supporters on Facebook that were in the room this morning, uh, I should say this afternoon, for Kelberman's Corner. It was a unique Kelberman's Corner in that I wasn't able to be in the room. I had to set up the stream and then bounce because I had a family event that I had to attend to. So Zach, Kim, they crushed it as far as the content. But in those situations, they're not able to, from StreamYard, see the stars and see some of the comments and stuff on Facebook. So Zach, we just got a shout out real quick. Michaela was in the room, giving props, contributing to the conversation with 300 stars, Mohamed Badri, 200 stars. Brad Murdoch, 100 stars. So shout out to that trio. Really appreciate all of you. Yeah, I appreciate all the interaction, all the stars. And uh, we will get right next Sunday, Chad. We'll have a live interaction. We'll take some questions. And uh, we really do appreciate everyone tuning into the VIP programming, not just KK, but also Broncos Book Club and Trickle Zone. Most definitely. All right, guys, we got uh, a lot more to get to before we do, though. I want to give everybody a quick update on where the Von Miller 500K goal stands currently. Uh, But first, real quick, though, hey, look, we're 45% to our goal on paid subscriptions on Facebook. You can pay five bucks a month to become a supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook. And in exchange, you get access to our premium VIP podcast content, which includes Calvin's Corner, Broncos Book Club with yours truly and the Trickle Zone. Those shows are for the weekend. I think most, Zach, of our hardcore dedicated community, they don't just put football to the side from Friday to Monday. You know, they're they're watching games Sunday. They got things cooking. College is about to be rolling hot and heavy. So we've got premium VIP podcast content for y'all. But you have to be a supporter on Facebook. Shout out to the 114 who have pulled the trigger on that. And then, Zach, here's where we're at on our goal of 500,000 stars. When we reach 500K, we're going to raffle off a Von Miller jersey as well as a really cool, unique little MHH memento to go along with it. 
And the only people in the running for that drawing, for that raffle, are the people who contributed stars to the goal. So we're at 80%, Zach. We're, we're, I'm like 99.9% confident we're going to hit goal before the season opener. And how do we know who's got the most tickets in the raffle? Thankfully, Facebook keeps track of that for us. And here's at the who's at the top right now, Zeus McPeak. No surprise, he's maintained a number one seating in this uh, raffle, Zach, for weeks now. Love Randy, though, giving him a little bit of a run for his money at number two. Andrew Lampy, that is, at three. Travis Weber at four. Michael Ronquillo at five. Howie Frickin' Day at six. Simon, did we ever get a resolution on this? Weeby? Weeby? I think it's Weeby. Simon at seven. Travis Tarbox, eight. Gary Leeds Palmer, the legend himself, nine. Andrew Baker at ten. So we got two Andrews in the top ten. And then here's the, the people just outside the top ten. But even if you are outside the top ten, hey, you're going to have some tickets in the hat, and it's going to be a randomly selected deal. Zach, we're going to do it live when we do the announcement and the, and the raffle itself. So, hey, guys, you want to improve your odds. The more stars you put into the pot, so to speak, that you've contributed to the goal, the more your odds will rise. But thank you to each and every one of you. I'm 100% confident we're going to hit goal by the season opener. We might even do it like with days to go until the season opener. You guys always heed the call, and I'm never surprised, but I'm always impressed. Thank you, guys. Also, real quick here, just so everyone knows how to connect with us on social media, the show and Mile High Huddle in general just continues to uh, grow exponentially. Connect on Twitter with the Huddle Up podcast, at Huddle Up Pod, and our main account for the site, of course, at Mile High Huddle. My partner is at Kelberman. Follow him on Twitter at Kelberman NFL. Myself at Chad and Jensen. Also, guys, kindly go give our Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page a like and a follow. We got some big plans for that page, but we're uh, working towards getting it to scale. Once we get it to where it needs to be, it's going to be pretty cool. You guys will dig that unique content that we're going to save only for that page. And then, guys, also check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get a MHH trucker hat. Get a MHH dad hat like Zach's wearing. Get a Dove Valley deep diver shirt. Get a Huddle Up podcast hoodie, sweatshirt. Little something for everybody, and it all goes to help support your favorite hosts, goes to support MHH. We appreciate you guys very, very much. And, hey, if you're not in a position to do those things, it's all good. Just make sure that you are subscribed. Like this video. If you are on Facebook or YouTube, that's especially crucial, guys. Make sure you like the video. And then, hey, if you think we're doing a good job, then share this video out there and help us continue to grow and reach those new like-minded Broncos fans that are like you, only they're out there wandering the football desert, completely oblivious and ignorant to this fan base, this community here at MHH that's that's waiting for them. All right, Zach, real quick here. Anyone else jump out? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to some comments and some chats and welcome a few folks in, but was there anyone else that you were like, ooh, man, I'm not so sure you're going to be uh, find yourself yeah. in the unemployment line? Yeah, the guy they shouldn't have signed, and I can't believe I forgot about it until now, but that's Cameron Fleming. And again, I don't know what George Payton saw in him. He was he was trash wherever he's been, quite frankly. I hate to be that blunt about it, but he's like, you know, Donald Stevenson, Menelik Watson level, and I'm so tired of the Broncos trotting that out, and he's falling on the ground. I understand that it was on lock, not getting rid of the ball, but the offensive lineman, his own right, has to perform better. Um, I would take Quinn Bailey over Cam Fleming at this point. All right. 
Um, quickly though, I got to give a message to Michaela. I think she's still feeling a little bit uh, underwhelmed by what she's seen from uh, from the Broncos. Should and by the way, Muhammad, thank you for the super sticker, brother. Love you. Um, MHH resident male model in the house right there, Muhammad Badri. Um, Michaela, it's going to be okay. I promise you. I promise you that this is not going to be 2018 Case Keenum Broncos recapitulated three years later. I think this team is too good. And although we have our misgivings about the coaching staff and we have some misgivings about the decision to go with Teddy Bridgewater, one thing I'll tell you is the, I, what I don't question per se about the quarterback decisions act was that it was possibly plausibly the best decision. If it's all about and only winning right this second, if that's the only thing that matters yeah. in the equation, Teddy probably does give you the better chance because he's going to protect the ball and he's pretty buttoned up and efficient and sharp. So keep your chin up, Michaela. I promise you as we inch closer to the season, some of this bad taste, you know, get get a little drink of water, wash it out of your mouth. By the time you get to September 12th, Broncos are thrown down with the New York Giants. Hey, we're in the heat of battle. It's going to be a gas. And Michaela, we'll, you know, we'll retake your temperature on September 26th when we're at, you know, uh, Broncos Stadium for the Broncos Jets game home opener, MHH tailgate. I, I think you're going to be there. And at that point, the Broncos very well could be 2.0 to 2.0, 2-0, about to be 3-0. So keep your chin up. It'll be okay. I promise you. I like this from Tom El Greco, who says, uh, Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, and Tom McMahon played themselves off this team. Time to change them up sooner than later. Thanks, boys. Well, hey, you know, the, the NFL, Zach, is the ultimate meritocracy. It's the ultimate what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. In a production-based business, this is it. If they don't produce as a coaching staff, then, yeah, it's only a matter of time. It's amazing. What did Pat Shermer do lately? Get fired from the Browns and fired from the Giants. And the Broncos fire their own young OC and pick up Pat Shermer. I still and will never understand that move. You know, Vic, I could see that obviously him staying around, but there is no reason why Tom McMahon has a job still. I mean, if it wasn't evident last night, it was evident last week. And if it wasn't evident last week, it was evident in pretty much any Broncos game since 2019. He is that bad, and he needs to go. That unit will not improve until they have someone else calling the shots. Question here from R. Butler. Appreciate you being with us. Now that Teddy is our QB1, what is Locke's future? Do we trade him? I think that's definitely on the table. Like if a team made George Payton a serious offer for Drew, and by serious I mean round four draft pick or better, probably unlikely at this point. But if they, if someone did, I think that that's something he strongly considers. The only thing that would, I think, keep him from doing that, Zach, is Teddy's, you know, he's a little bit fragile. You know, he's a little bit thin from the waist down. Uh, Drew was a little bit frail himself, as evidenced by the thumb injury as, as a rookie and then, of course, his shoulder last year. But he's put on some serious weight. He's thickened up, so to speak. You want some sort of a fail-safe, some sort of a quarterback that can yeah. plausibly keep you competitive if something were to happen to Teddy. Brett Rippon, whether you keep him on the 53 or put him on the practice squad, you know, you might get by for a week like you saw last year with the New York Jets, but that's about it, game. So Barely. that would be the one thing that might preclude uh, Peyton from pulling the trigger now. But if a team comes out, blows him away, never say never, and hey – Next spring, wouldn't surprise me to see him get dealt. 
I just don't see, and obviously, you know, I'm a big lock guy. I just don't see what value he would have around the league when Gardner Minshew went for, what, a conditional sixth? And he has way more popularity for whatever reason and better stats on paper than Drew Locke. I don't think he would fetch more than a seventh. And by that, you know, by that juncture, he's better served for the Broncos on the roster than off the roster. And you know what? Let's not act like he bombed this preseason. If he has to step in, he proved he's taken a step forward in his third year. And I think Denver would be in good hands if Bridgewater were to exit. Michaela, thank you for that super chat. You are seriously ride or die. We love you. We appreciate you. She asks, does the Duchess, do you think we will trade Royce Freeman? He looked decent, and the price might be as high as ever. That's a good point. Zach, great Kelberman's Corner Thank today. Thank you, Michaela. I don't know, Zach. I think if Mike Boone was a little bit closer to returning to the field, maybe. But who knows? I mean, by the time you get to September 12th, that injury, which exactly. if I'm not mistaken was a four- to six-week window, you got Melvin, you got freaking Pookie, I think you could afford to if someone makes you an offer that you like. Yeah, and you know what? The Ravens now could be in the market. They just lost J.K. Dobbins for the year to a torn ACL, unfortunately. Mm. They have Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, but beyond that, they really don't have true veteran experience. And I think Freeman, Michaela, that's a great point. He's gotten a lot of work this preseason, and I think he looks like a little better of a player than he did this time last year. Um, you're right, though. It, a lot will depend on what they do with Boone. When they form the 53 by Tuesday, he might go on short-term pup or short, short-term IR, depending on his injury, but if he's on the active roster, they can get by. And you know what? I, I liked D- Demarie Crockett. I like what he showed in the preseason. And even yesterday, the guy they picked up, Stevie Scott, I think was his name, he had some wiggle too. So it's just a third running back. They have so many weapons. If they were to get a decent offer for, for Freeman, I would listen. Shout out to today's leaderboard and stars for this stream. Howie freaking day at the top. Wow, Howie. Seriously, props, <clears throat> buddy. Thank you. Shannon Mills up there, too, with a four-digit oh. star. Andrew Lampy right up there. Gary Leeds Palmer. Michael, we're going to read your message here. And, of course, Dave Glassman, another ride-or-die MHH. Appreciate each and every one of you. Michael says, good evening, Chad and Zach. Uh, and he's giving a shout-out to Greg Smith, who's a great member of our community on Facebook. Uh, glad to see Broncos country on Mile High Huddle. Let's have fun watching the Broncos this season. Go Broncos. Amen, buddy. Uh, Travis Weber, what's good? He says, good evening, Broncos country. Chad, Zach, who do you all see getting cut as we gear up for the season? So we've, uh, I think we've touched on it for the most part. Um, maybe the biggest surprise cuts, Tyree Cleveland, I don't see it. Seth Williams, I don't see it, although they will try to keep Seth Williams on the practice squad for sure. Tyree, not absolutely certain on that. Um, all the running backs, save Royce Freeman, who Zach just mentioned, going to be waived. Um, you know, the offensive line, I, if you're going to keep – depends on if you're keeping nine or ten, but Cam Fleming, you hit the bricks, dude. I know you're going to eat a million bucks. That's the price you paid for a very questionable decision to sign him. Uh, and then, hey, you know, there's there's a few corners that actually are good that could probably make the roster for most teams. But this year in particular for Denver, man, they're just stacked to the yeah. gills. I'm really curious to see how the Broncos decide yep. at safety, though, because Caden Stearns played himself onto the roster unquestionably. Then you've got Jamar Johnson, rookie fifth rounder, Trey Marshall, who the team has developed over the last three years, and P.J. Locke. And of those three, I mean, Trey got banged up. Uh, was it the first game or the second game? Either way, 
Trey's banged up, which isn't good for his prospects. Jamar Johnson, I haven't seen him do one thing yet, Zach, in a preseason game that made me go, okay, yeah, I see that. Very animated, passionate guy on the field. I like seeing that. But P.J. Locke, not perfect last night against the Rams. A couple of boneheaded moves, but has definitely outplayed those three guys, uh, or the other two guys I mentioned. Yeah, he's the lock that Broncos fans actually like. And he has played well this preseason. I, I just, I really do like Jamar Johnson's upside. And I think once he gets his bearings, remember, Chad, he's had a delayed start to his Broncos career. He's been a little banged up. He's been, you know, behind on defensive install. And that allowed other players, other veterans like Marshall and PJ Locke to supersede him. I think once he gets underneath his feet on the field and he gets some experience, he's going to be a good safety. That's a good point, though, about the secondary. Also, what are they going to do at cornerback? Because the second time now George Payton has hinted that they're going to make a trade or at least exploring a trade. And I saw one rumor today on Twitter, I might write this up for MHH.com, that the Steelers are interested in Bryce Callahan in a potential trade. So that's one name to monitor if they want to. I, I wouldn't agree with that. I would keep the secondary together and just, you know, and go to war with the no-fly zone 2.0. And one more player, Chad, you mentioned him, Brett Rippon. I think that could be a really surprise cut, but not too surprising in the same sense. Look, I know the Broncos are stacked at corner, but you know, don't look this gift horse in the mouth. Think about last year. At this time, everyone was feeling pretty good about Denver's cornerback depth. Bouye, Callahan, rookie third rounder, OJ Moody, who am I missing? Who's Bassey. the other? Who? Bassey, Devontae Harris. Yeah, I mean, nowhere near the hype that we got this time around, but there was some depth there. It was contingent on some of the youngsters showing out. But that freaking evaporated quick. And I'm talking as of week one when A.J. Bouye suffered that shoulder against the Titans, and then suddenly you're going, man, we're in a tight spot. You know, like, uh, oh, brother, where art thou? We're in a tight spot. So I would say, hey, it's better safe than sorry. At least get to, you know, a little closer to the trade deadline. See how the season resolves. See how the early stage of this schedule shapes up before you deal away a guy like Callahan, Zach, who was playing at an all-pro level uh, for most of last year and then, of course, you know, gets hurt again, misses the last few games. And then Howie here says the defense needs to work on talking on the defensive line. So does that mean communication, Howie? Is that what you're talking about there? Tackling? Tackling. Maybe that's what he's saying. See, I need my syntax interpreter slash translator. It could be talking, though. We don't have Derek Wolf anymore. We don't have that mouthpiece. So it very well could be where Shelby and Draymond are making the the same amount of noise on the defensive line. But there are some run-stopping issues the Broncos had. They will shore that up, though, hopefully by the season opener. Keith Brugman on Facebook. Appreciate you being with us. Give us a like. How concerning was the defense against the backups from the Rams? You know, everyone's making a big deal about how Perkins, a third-string quarterback, wasn't completely shut down and smothered out of existence, just snuffed out by the Broncos. People miss the fact, apparently, they didn't score a freaking touchdown, man. And there was at least one drive there. Fangio talked about it after the game too, Zach, where his guys were obviously gassed. You know, he talked about endurance and, you know, getting back into football shape. And those are this is why starters play in the in the dress rehearsal because only in those real-life bullet scenarios do you get a true facsimile of what the season's going to be. You know, uh, your opponent gets paid too, right? And he starts, you know, Perkins starts moving the ball a little bit on you, and all of a sudden, Zach, you're seeing hands on hips a little bit. And it was good for them to get that out of their system. I saw nothing 
from the first team unit that, that tripped me out whatsoever. But, you know, I understand some of the concerns there, but come on, guys. The Broncos did not relinquish a single touchdown this year, this uh, summer. It's pretty curious that Fangio would communicate that. Not in football shape yet. They've had all of training camp and now three preseason games. And I, maybe it's being back in Denver for the first time, playing in altitude, or maybe it was just one of those nights where they just were gassed a little earlier than expected. I think you hit on it. I think it's recency bias in Broncos fans' eyes. We have these two quarterbacks slogging it out early to start yesterday. And then here's Perkins from a McVay system. He looks calm, cool, and collected. He's a relative no one, and he's moving the ball down the field, making plays with his legs. Nothing flashy, nothing overly on the Sports Center top 10, but that's the beauty of having a really good offensive system and a really good coach to implement that. It makes even the lower level players play that much better. Dave Glassman on Facebook, he says, here's the bottom of my star's wallet. Thanks, guys. I would donate whether or not there was a prize. I know you would, brother. And Good it man, all adds Dave. up. Seriously, it all supports what we do here, keeps the content rolling, allows us, provides us the time that we can dedicate our creative energies to this content. And I'm not just talking about the live streams, but the VIP stuff we do for Facebook. So, Dave, love you, buddy. Really appreciate you. Thank you, Dave. Jonathan, what up? Appreciate you. He says, the defense looks really good. If Teddy can play a little better than what he was, we can uh, win 9 to 10 games with this team. I'm super excited to have Cortland Sutton and Vaughn Miller. Yeah, man, Teddy just, you know, he was a little just off that first two series against the uh, Rams, but he got it together and Look, you know, again, we're, we want to focus henceforth more on the positive side, what we have to work with here, instead of, you know, commiserating over the decision, right? And Drew, what happens with Drew, and was it fair, and was it wise? Bottom line is that that scoring drive, Zach, Teddy orchestrated on the touchdown, that third down connection to Cortland Sutton before the touchdown, deep out. I mean, that took some some execution, man, and it was a nice, accurate pass. Cortland ran a beautiful route to get separation, and then whatever it was, a couple plays later, play kind of breaks down. Teddy breaks the pocket, swinging left, and makes an athletic play to Cortland for the touchdown. There is some stuff to be excited about, and whatever faith you might lack in Teddy, transfer that faith, take it over, and actually only do it the other way around. Take the faith you have in that supporting cast, all right? and use that on loan for Teddy until you see it with your own eyes. Yeah, I don't want to get ahead of myself. And I would have been happy just having them play, you know, Cortland Sutton, Von Miller, Albert O, Melvin Gordon, but they all played really well. And that's not insignificant. That's one positive take out of the preseason game that could translate to the regular season. I thought Sutton uh, hit the ground running literally and figuratively. I think it was big for him, Chad, and for Von Miller. They're both coming off of lower body significant injuries. And for them to, you know, get caught up in the action, fall down, get back up, get tackled, you know, make some contact with opposing players psychologically, not just physically. That's really good for them. I'm so excited to see Cortland this year. And yeah, I mean... Nine of ten wins with Teddy Bridgewater under center with this roster. It sounds underwhelming, but raise your hand if we all would have taken ten, you know, nine or ten wins at any point in the last five years. I think for a Broncos franchise, kind of rebuilding on the fly with a first-year general manager, a lame duck head coach. I think that's a pretty decent bar to shoot for. No doubt. Kenneth brings up uh, Kenneth Patterson brings up a really good point here. One of the surprise um, stars of the summer that. 
you know, pleasant surprise at that. I mean, when the Broncos, when the wire hit, hey, Broncos signed former Jacksonville tight end Eric Saubert, I was like, uh huh. <sighs> what else is going on? But this dude has actually looked really good, man. And I'm not just talking as a receiver, which is what surprised me the most, but my dude can set the edge. And that's what the Broncos need, you know, in the running game because no offense, he's a big receiver. He'll block when you call his number and do his best, but he's more of a try hard guy, not a get or done guy in the in the blocking attack. Get her done. Sorry. Same same with Albert O. So you need a guy like Saubert. He's been really, really good and very encouraging to see. Yeah, you know, I, I I love analogies. I love making comparisons, Chad, as you know. And I said that Jonathan Cooper on defense is everything the Broncos thought they were getting in Demarcus Walker, you know? Remember him? I think Eric Saubert is everything the Broncos thought they were getting in Jake Butt, who's not just a pass catcher off the edge in line. He can, you can maybe split him out wide, but he's a good blocker. He's just a good all-around tight end to have. And when he's your third guy behind Noah Fant, who could be a pro bowler, Albert O, who looked explosive yesterday. I mean, just add him to the mix here. This offense is loaded for bear. Loaded for bear on this hunt. That's one of my favorite lines, and it took me forever. When someone would say that, I always basically knew what they were trying to say, but I never really understood what it meant until not too long ago, not too long ago. If you're going to go hunting for geese or whatever, you know, ducks or doves or something, you're gonna load, you know, smaller time, you know, smaller grade ammunition or whatever. If you're gonna hunt for deer, you're gonna go a little bit step higher, whatever. If you're hunting for bear, you're bringing the whole arsenal. You're loaded for bear, and that's where it comes from. Um, real quick, Zach, let's grab here, uh, Christian. It's good to see Christian back in the house. What's up, brother? Appreciate you. He said, "I'm just showing some love. Finally, get to catch you guys live again. I started a new job, so I'm always late." Can't wait to see this team in action. Hashtag state of being Denver Broncos for life. Hey, bro, it's great to see you back in the chat. Congrats on your new job. Hope that's a good, positive uh, development. And, yeah, we're stoked, too. I hope you're not late for your new job, Christian. <laughs> I, I, we do wish you the best, though. We hope it's going well, and we thank you for tuning with us tonight. It's always good to see you in the chat. All right, real quick here. Um, Michaela wants to know, what happens if Fangio – Pardon me. What happens if Fangio were to get fired in season? Who would be the interim? My bet, Zach, would be it would be uh, Pat Shermer because he's been a head coach. But if Pat Shermer were fired alongside Vic, which would be a surprise because that would come later after the season, Ed Donatel maybe or Mike Shula. But if Vic gets fired in season, the interim guy, odds are, would be Pat because – you know, he wasn't very good at it, but he understands the um, the job load, so to speak, of being a head coach week to week. Wow, suddenly Fangio as the head coach sounds good. I never even considered Pat could be the interim if Fangio gets fired. I think Mike Munchak could be a possibility as well. He was a head coach briefly, and I'd much good rather point. much rather him be the, the interim than Pat Shermer. Anyone but Shermer, in fact. Another update on tonight's Stars Running here, we got Howie still at the top, Andrew Lampy at two, Shannon Mills. Thank you, Shannon. Gary Leeds Palmer, Michael Mason, Sydney Brown, a newer name relative to stars. And it, hey, some serious stars there. Thank you, Mason. Thank you. And then, of course, Dave Glassman. Shout out to each and every one of you. Um, okay, let me see here what we've got from Nathan. And by the way, Nathan, if you're on Twitter, connect with us and do one of these in our mentions, even if you're already following us. 
make sure we know who you are because I was looking for you last night after the show to tag you on Twitter. We like to tag our, our superstars with a big thank you after each and every podcast. So I look for, you know, most of, most of our key people, I know their handles. I remember it in this Rolodex of mine. I was looking for Nathan, couldn't find a handle for you. So if you're on Twitter, reach out, make sure we know who you are. Appreciate it. He said, do you think Tom McMahon's success in Indianapolis was due more to the personnel he had rather than his coaching? Maybe. People used to fear the Colts special teams. Well, you had Adam Vinatieri, A. B, at the time, you also had Pat McAfee, right. who was an all-pro punter. And it wasn't just because he was good at punting the ball, Zach. He was like, he'd make tackles. He was an athlete, and you could do a lot of cool different things with him. I think even in a, an emergency or two, I think he even kicked a field goal. But either way, you know, you two of your specialists were phenomenal. I'm not going to pretend to remember or even know who the freaking long snapper was, but I think what Nathan's really pointing to here, Zach, is the coverage units and how bad it's been in Denver. They seem to have been better in Indy. Was that personnel? Was that depth? What's your answer? Well, I, I would have to see who the, who were on the coverage units at the time with the Colts, but like I was going to make the same point you did. He had Vinatieri as his punter and um, uh, Pat McAfee, excuse me, kicker and Pat, Pat, Pat McAfee as the punter. When you have those, it's, it seems better than having Brandon McManus and Sam Martin. I don't think the long snapper is in the equation here. It, it is on coaching, though, because they've changed personnel, Chad, all three years McMahon's been here. And all three years, they've never gotten better. So when the one common denominator is the coach, I think that who is who gets the blame. Yes, indeed. Um Dalton wants to know why we call our rookie running back Pookie. I don't like it. That's his nickname. We didn't coin that. That's what his peeps call him. That's his nickname. You know, probably his parents gave him it, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know, but I would guess mm. it's probably originated from family, but don't know. Javante Williams, why he's called Pookie, but he is. I want to Google that. That's actually on my mind now. Well, how did he get that nickname? Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Goofy wants to know. If Peyton were to trade a corner, which one would it be, and what would the price have to be to get a deal done? It would almost certainly, well, it'd probably be Bryce Callahan because he's at a price level, Zach, where teams could go, yeah, he, there's enough of a known commodity in Bryce. We're happy to pay whatever it is, $7.7 million, I think, something like that on the cap this year. I was going to mention Ronald Darby as a potential, but – you know, he's got some money Broncos owe him. So as a brand new, fresh free agent signing. So, you know, I doubt, I doubt he would be traded. So yeah, it's, if there is one, it's Bryce, maybe yeah. Michael O if he gets healthy. Yeah. Right now, right now, obviously he has the injury, Michael O and they signed Kyle Fuller. They're not going to sign him to trade him. They're not going to, they didn't sign Darby to trade him. The only trade candidate that's healthy right now would be Bryce Callahan. And I hope they don't do it. Tom wants to know up in Canada, do you guys think that if Locke were drafted in the first round, he would have started this year? Probably. Probably, but there's no guarantee of that because, you know, the GM, uh, it, it's here now, wasn't the GM that would have drafted him when he came into the league. But what are your thoughts, Zach? If Locke would have been drafted in the first round, he would have started this year. You know what? 
crazier things have happened lately in the NFL with people like Josh Rosen getting drafted in the first round and traded the next year. I mean, I, I think it's all about loyalty. It's all about nepotism. And it's all about who the head coach has a bias toward. That's my honest answer. I think Fangio all along wanted a safer guy. I don't think Locke's status in the draft would have mattered. First round, second round, seventh round. I just don't think Vic trusts Drew, plain and simple. Mason, again, thank you for the stars, buddy. Hey, guys, love this podcast, and I'm finally able to catch it live. Thank you. I know it's over-talked about, but this Drew Locke situation has left a bad taste in my mouth. Do you think we move on from Deontay Spencer? That was kind of like a sudden departure <laughs> from what I thought he was going to ask. Um, understand the bad taste, my friend, but glad to hear that you can move on to the next thing. Yeah, Spencer, I mean, I don't know why you keep him here. I get it. He can return punts and kicks, and he's pretty reliable in that. But he brings you next to no impact on offense, whereas Trinity Benson can do both. He's less proven, right, because he's not ever really been on a 53-man roster yet. This is only his second year. In fact, I think he's still technically considered a first-year guy because he spent his rookie year on the on the squad. So if you can – roster a wide receiver that's going to impact the game on offense and be a trusty, if not explosive, returner, that's the guy you want, not the guy that can only do one of those things. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what, though? I I think Tom McMahon really likes Deontay Spencer, and Vic Fangio really likes Tom McMahon. So if that's the case, Deontay is going to be safe, and hopefully not at the expense, though, of Trinity Benson. If they keep Spencer over Benson, Broncos country will and should riot. It's ridiculous. Um, Zach, talk about this story on Watson from Sonny. He says, "Yes, uh, your story on Deshaun Watson, do you think it's a possibility? I hope not, because that would maybe save Vic Fangio's job. So for people who don't even know what he's talking about, I can pull up the article, but drop some knowledge. Well, it sounded like it was a possibility earlier this offseason, according to Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports. Does great work, and he's really reliable, so I trust what he says here. Uh, He was reporting, I believe it was yesterday, uh, on Deshaun Watson that the Broncos had a consideration of interest in a trade for Watson earlier uh, months ago, probably before the sexual misconduct allegations took hold. And obviously they moved on and traded for Teddy Bridgewater. So I think that ship has sailed definitely for this year. And Robinson also reported that the Dolphins are the front runner for Watson right now. And I still think based on what I'm hearing, a trade could go down as soon as this week. Watson could be on the move. It sounds like he's going to avoid the commissioner's exemplars, but he's not coming to Denver. I repeat, not coming to Denver. Yeah, so to quote Robinson, he said, uh, the sources said the Panthers, Broncos, and Eagles were also in some element of trade consideration, but Watson's contractual right to approve the trade destination, which was signed off on by Houston ownership in his last extension, has weighed heavily in the different trade opportunity the Texans have come across. So they've, they've, and that really surprises me, Zach, because, you know, if you were going to move off of your stance of, no, we're not going to trade him. I mean, a lot of this stuff by the time in February, late January, early February, man, Deshaun Watson was the bee's knees as far as Broncos fans in the NFL. The idea that you could land him, people were, you know, it was mouthwatering to a lot of fans. That changed long, Zach, long before the draft. Why didn't they go out and really, you know, push for a first round quarterback? I don't know, but that team is going to be ugly this year. 
Well, I'll tell you why the Broncos didn't pull the trigger, and thank God they didn't because it's right there. Apparently, Houston wants three first-round picks and two second-round picks for a guy with 22 open cases of sexual misconduct allegations with three different investigations being helmed right now by the FBI, Houston PD, and Harris County Prosecutor's Office. That's not a good situation to be in. There's still a chance he can be convicted you know, criminally. There's still a chance he can be suspended by the NFL or otherwise punished. And whatever team they're negotiating, they want pick protections in place, whatever that means. But I wouldn't give up that much even if he was free and clear legally. That's way too much for any player. There's one guy I would make that trade for, maybe, maybe, and that's Mahomes. That's it. Uh, Pete Johnson, I'm not sure if you're specifically addressing us, but he asked, so are you saying you want to lose simply so Fangio is fired? I'm definitely not saying that. Zach, are you saying that? I would want the Broncos to lose so Fangio is fired. No, I, I've never made that case. I will never root for the Broncos to lose, but I will analyze them if and when they do. Fangio made his bed, and he's going to either sink or swim with that decision. Here's 727 Mill on YouTube. Appreciate that super chat. He says, what do y'all think about the handcuffs? Handoffs? Handcuffs? Ha- uh, Teddy had on first-team offense because I saw him holding them back when we – Put lock in there. We score more simply. Simple. I guess. Simply. Um, Zach, you're better at the at the syntax <laughs> interpretation. Why don't you swing first on this one? Yeah, I think he's saying like it's it's um it's a handcuff to like the bigger playmakers on offense. So they're not utilizing KJ Hamler's speed or game breaking ability with Locke when he started the Vikings game, 80 yard touchdown off the bat. Where was Hamler yesterday? You know, MIA. And then it benefits players like Tim Patrick, Noah Fan, Albert O, Cortland Sutton, but it's going to have a big effect on players like KJ Hamler. Not only can Teddy not hit the same throws, he doesn't have the arm talent. It seems like Pat Shermer is completely unwilling or unable to call a deep shot. I, I, I counted maybe two, maybe two in yesterday's game with three quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know, again, this was a decision based on winning now and a decision based on floors, right? Who has the higher floor? And right now in this moment, Teddy does have the higher floor, but what you sacrifice in pursuit of the higher floor is is the ceiling. And what is the ceiling? Let's define that. It's the roof, to quote MJ. Indeed. But we're talking vertical attack. We're talking taking chances. Um I think I've seen now two throws. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but of I, w- I want to say Teddy probably threw somewhere between 25 to 30 passes in the preseason. Two that I can think of off the top of my head really traveled more than 10 or 12 yards. That deep out to Cortland Sutton on third down we talked about earlier, and that awesome throw uh, to Eric Saubert in game two, which was a beautiful throw. He just doesn't push the ball. And anyone who's – I've talked to a lot of colleagues now since the Broncos landed Teddy to just kind of get a vibe and a feel for what their – people who have covered him, what they feel like Teddy brings to the table, what to expect, right? And the biggest thing is the feeling of, you know, bashing your head against the wall because he doesn't ever take a chance. He he just doesn't take the shot. And so, you know – um. That's what you sacrifice going for the floor. So we'll see how much, if any, of the offensive talent and firepower this team has, Zach, ultimately does get squandered. 
My my reaction to that, though, you know, my kind of counter, Sutton and the Salbert catch, they were both like corner routes or outbreaking routes. I want a nine route. Throw it deep. And at least the Cleveland miss from Drew Locke, I think it was a sluggo, and it was a little slow developing. But if that's what we're going to get from a Pat Shermer offense, if a sluggo is considered going deep, it's going to be a long year of checkdowns. That's all I can say. Guys, I do see that the we've got a bot trying to spam the chat on Facebook. See you. I just blocked him. So just FYI, it's one name, and I'm not going to mention the name, but that person did just get blocked. FYI. Um, Howie wants to know, and again, thank you, Howie, for the stars. And as we grab Howie here, here's an update on tonight's leaderboard for stars. Howie at the top. Wow, dude. Thank you, Howie. Thank you. Andrew Lampy, James Grossman edges into the top three. Shannon Mills, thank you, Michael. Thank you, brother. Gary Leeds Palmer, legendary. I think he's on like a 30 or 31-week streak of thrown up stars. Mason, Dave, appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, but Howie, Zach, says, hey, guys, are you worried about our run defense? The second team run game looked uh, to tear us up. What do you guys think? No, because, I mean, if I have any doubts at all about the first team defense, it's how – stout they are going to be on the D line against the run because Mike Purcell, if he's proves to be fully healthy, he's good at that. It's not Shelby's forte, although he did show serious improvement in that arena last year. And then Draymond is virtually untested as a true, you know, five, four or five tech defensive end whose job it is at times to really be that wall and uh, help stuff the run so that, the linebackers can get there. But Zach, I'm not really worried about the linebackers because for whatever they might lack in coverage, Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell proved last year to be tackling machines great in their run fits. And I say that, I mean that when I say that great, like they were two of the, they were arguably the best run fitting off ball linebacker duo in the league last year. If you look at the advanced analytics, all that stuff. I'm not talking grades. I'm talking about measurable advanced metrics. I saw good things from Justin Sternod, Zach, for the most part. Still uh, don't know what the heck is going on with Baron Browning, but the defensive line is the only thing that would give me any cause for concern. And at this point, I'm not really concerned, concerned. It's just like misgiving in the back of my mind. This is actually one area uh, of Denver's team that I'm actually most assured about, you know, or reassured with is the run defense. You throw in people like McTelvin Ajim, Mike Purcell, Deshaun Williams. You even have Shamar Steven uh, making plays this summer. I'm not worried at all. And you mentioned the linebackers. Baron Browning, he was running around the field yesterday. A lot of energy kind of showed off his athleticism. He'll be a help in run defense when he gets up to speed. I'm not worried at all. And, and backups are backups for a reason. Let's just hope. The Broncos starters stay healthy. Knock wood. Uh, 406 fam on Twitch. Peyton is going to make Pat Shermer the head coach and, and McMahon the offensive coordinator <laughs> of Fangio's oh. fire just to torment Zach. Oh. Hopefully we let Fangio ride it out regardless and look young and offense nope. uh, next nope. year if the wheels fall off. Nope. I've suffered through Vance Joseph. I've suffered through the Vic Fangio era, all the quarterbacks. I quit if that happens. You got me. That's my white flag. Um. I think Broncos Jedi is talking about Locke yeah. on draft pedigree. Yeah. Why does that make a difference? Well, I mean, are, are you really asking that, dog? Let's just assume you're being sincere with that. But, I mean, draft pedigree 
is the closest thing in the NFL to scholarship. It's the closest thing that teams have to, hey, this guy's here on scholarship. Every team's a little bit different in how um, how much that factors into the equation. Ultimately, for a long time, Zach, if you were a top, if you were around one, two, or three draft pick in Denver, you played out your rookie contract and a story, regardless if you were any good or regardless of whether or not you justified that. That began to change in 2018 when John Elway cut Paxton Lynch first round pick, uh, Carlos Henderson third round pick uh trying to think who else there was another couple of guys that were and ever since then hey man i think the broncos are one of those teams where regardless of draft pedigree all bets are off but we got i mean relative to your question here jedi come on now first round anything including quarterback is always going to get more benefit of the doubt more swings at the plate to prove to their team that they weren't incorrect in drafting them than any other position or any other you know rounds drafted now you got me going back and thinking about failed broncos draft picks brendan langley remember him you know isaiah Mm -hmm. mckenzie they cut him he went on he's actually having a pretty decent career in buffalo right now chad i agree with you but i'm gonna still hold firm to what i said about fangio and this is how much i really doubt his offensive prowess I think it, even if Locke was a first-rounder, it wouldn't have factored into his decision. I think he just has an affinity for Teddy Bridgewater, and he does not trust Drew Locke. Plain and simple. Big A, little a, R-O-N, Lynch in the house. What's up, Aaron? Great to have you, brother. Legendary superstar. He says, I'm late to the party tonight, friends. Never been more excited to move on from preseason. Pouring a glass of liquid optimism <laughs> and still bleeding orange, uh, orange amps and blue. I see the rig chat. Oh, yeah, let's talk punk. <clears throat> Which rig are you talking about, Doc? You're talking about the orange TH30? You can kind of see a little fraction. You're talking about the diesel? Talking about the Friedman? Hit me up. We can talk about it another time. I don't think most of the people in this chat could give two flying you-know-whats. But, but yeah, dude, hit me up. Liquid optimism. I like that. I've heard I liquid do, courage, I do like, but not yes. liquid optimism. Um. Michaela, again, thank you. Love you. She says, I heard rumors that Watson will be traded in the next few days to Miami or Philly. Philly. I can understand, Zach, why Philly might make a play there for the compensation Houston's asking for. They just traded for Minshew, though. They don't need a quarterback. I mean, Minshew, he's... he's, I mean, uh, I don't agree with it, but they're not going to make two quarterback trades, I don't think, unless the Texans would want Minshew in a kind of a weird swap. So the if it was Miami though, Tua would have to be part of that package, right? You you land Tua in Houston. I've heard he's not going to be a part of it. I heard from I think it was Armando Salguero on Twitter, who's been covering the Dolphins a very long time. I don't know what they would do with Tua. I still think he would have to go in that trade. The Texans have to think about the future. So we'll see. They've really handled Tua oddly. I mean, yeah, we can complain about how Drew Locke's been handled, but man, Tua. Really bizarre. I mean, first of all, I understand that last year you start the season off with the veteran, let Tua kind of develop, let Tua kind of get his NFL legs under him. But then when you finally went to Tua, you were playing well. I mean, you were winning ball games. It wasn't until the Week 11 trip to Denver where there started to be cracks in the veneer whatsoever with Tua, and then they yanked him. Foot injury, my freaking rear end. There was no foot injury there. They were trying to save a loss against a conference opponent, and so they threw Fitz back out there and still lost the game. But, again, that's so short-sighted. 
you when you pull the trigger and move to your young quarterback that you just drafted, whether there's a rookie or a second year guy, you have to stay the course come hell or high water because you are really fiddling with the chemistry here. When you put him in, pull him out. And now who knows what's going to happen with that guy. But, you know, his trajectory, I never was a big Tua guy in the draft. But uh, compared to the guy we saw at Alabama wreck and shop in the SEC, it's really been surprising to see how his NFL trajectory has really taken off. It's surprising, too, how Philadelphia has handled Jalen Hurts. And I actually like Hurts more than Tua. I think he has more upside in the NFL. I just see a better career. for, And that might be a little you know, weird or a, a hot take, but I, I really like Jalen Hurts a lot. And they went from debating to keeping Wentz around and then sticking their nose in for Deshaun Watson and, and flirting with a first-round quarterback in this year's draft. I think they should stick with Jalen, but Minshew now is in town, and that mullet's there to stay, it looks like. Uh, James Grossman on Facebook. Again, James, thank you for the stars, brother. He says, sending a big MHH shout-out from Hawaii. Man, we have so many great listeners and community members in Hawaii. James, Kiaka, D-Dub, uh, I'm missing one. There's another obvious one that I can't grasp right this second. But James now, too. Love you guys. Thank you. Hope to see you. I mean, two of those names I just mentioned from Hawaii are going to be there September 26th for the MHH meet and greet outside the stadium for the home opener. So, James, if you can make that happen, dude, it'd be cool to meet you as well, brother. He says, uh, um, I recently moved and now finally catch these shows live. You guys have kept us entertained and informed for years. Keep it going, fellas. Hey, Absolutely. we're going to. Thank you. Thank you, James. Legendary Super ch- uh, super Chat Superstar, Mount Rushmore Superstar, Mark Langley. What's up, brother? He says, hey, guys, Chad, uh, bald is beautiful. I just wanted to say you guys are always great. And Zach, you the man. No. I'm just a man. No, Hashtag- you're the man, Mark. You're the man. You the man. Go Broncos, MHH. Love you, Mark. Give our best to the misses, and uh, hope you're doing well, buddy. All right, Zach, we're at Je- uh, Jedi's. What kind of why? <laughs> why are you putting me on blast here? We're gonna have food there. It's not gonna come from my personal inventory, but we're gonna have food. Don't worry. Don't worry. Zach's gonna be back there with an apron, flipping <laughs> yeah. burgers, yeah. and like making salads and stuff. No. Uh, I'm not the chef in the kitchen. Yeah, there'll be a little bit of finger food there for people. I mean, we're not looking to serve hundreds of people, <laughs> but. Probably a little something there. So, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. we got some things in the works. We'll have liquid optimism, though. Yes, sure. indeed. Uh, YRC, DD, YRC, did die? D-Day. D-Day. Can the Broncos make the Super Bowl with Teddy? Zach, your answer. Ooh. Okay, can I say no without coming off like a Teddy hater? Because I don't think they would have made it necessarily with Locke this year. I think they're, they're not ready yet. I don't think Vic Fangio is a Super Bowl coach, and I don't think this roster is ready to take that next step. Can we talk about a wild card? Can we talk about maybe overtaking Kansas City eventually? And then we'll talk about being in title contention. But no, I think if they get to 9-10 and 10 wins, go back to the playoffs, that should be a massive victory all the way around. Yeah, I don't see it. Um, maybe a wild card. Maybe. But that's the thing, guys. Me being... Uh, slightly um, pessimistic about a Teddy Bridgewater team making it to the Super Bowl or not actually has less to do with Teddy and more to do with the coaching staff here. Ding, ding, ding. Teddy Bridgewater on a Gary Kubiak. Like you take the Gary Kubiak staff from 15 transplant them here with this unit. You know, I feel a lot more optimistic about answering it 
in the way that you're probably hoping, but what have you seen from Vic Fangio? What have you seen from Pat Shermer that would lend you any confidence up to this point that that's even a reasonable question on the table? James, great point about draft pedigree. Garrett Bowles, being a first-round pick, is why they stuck with him. All right, that's a good example of draft pedigree and benefits of the doubt that are derived from that. All right, Driscoll Jones, Zach, we got two more supers, and then we'll bounce here. Uh, Good to see you, Driscoll. And by the way, Driscoll, are you on Twitter? Because I looked for you last night, couldn't find you. So if so, do one of these in our mentions, and we'll make sure to follow back. He says, I feel we have the talent around us to make the dinks and dunks go for hella yards. Judy, Hamler, they'll get a lot of yards after catch. It's not all about the long ball. I think you're right to a point, Driscoll, because this is something you've heard us say on this podcast. Hey, Teddy, get just get him the ball. Get the ball to Corlin. He'll break a tackle. Get the ball to Hamler. He'll turn the corner. Get the ball to Judy. I mean, you've got some serious yak potential just with the three names I mentioned to say nothing of Pookie, to say nothing of Gordon, to say nothing of Fant, to say nothing of Alberto. So, yes, basically go out there and be a competent, efficient point guard at quarterback. And, hey, man, you might be able to really make some hay with this offense. I don't know why everything has to be so cut and dry. It's not all about the long bomb, but when you go a whole game and I can't remember maybe more than one deep shot down the field, that's a problem. And you have too many weapons where you can't play in a phone booth, Chad. You can't cut the field in half or restrict yourself to five or seven yards at a time. Death by a thousand paper cuts or death by inches, as Vic Fangio would say. You got to at least stretch out the defense, keep them honest, and utilize KJ Hamler, who was a second round draft pick. And, you know, one question, real quick, Chad, you know, non rhetorically, I have for you. Knowing a year later their quarterback would be Teddy Bridgewater, do you still think they go receiver back to back last year? If if they if if they knew that Teddy was going to be a Bronco, in right? I mean, it seems like KJ Hamler is wasted now. I mean, this is the second year in a row in a Pat Shermer system, and now he doesn't even have a quarterback that's going to utilize his wheels. So, that's a good question. I don't know, man. But I'll tell you this: it's not even so much about connecting always on those deep shots. It's just signaling the plausible threat that we will exactly. take shots. You got to keep those safeties, but in exactly. particular, honest. And so, even if Teddy lacks the proclivity to really and that you know natural disposition to push the ball vertically you got to take a few shots at least two shots a game just so the safeties are worried that you might do it Michaela who would you choose if you had to choose between Fangio and McDaniels the bullet (laughs) Fangio all day long McDaniels was I I could not forgive Josh McDaniels for trading Jay Cutler that to me at the time, and I know Jay Cutler's career arc at the, you know, what came after uh, was not, didn't live up to expectations for Bears fans and all that. But I submit to you, if Jay Cutler does not get traded, Josh McDaniels' tenure in Denver probably changes. It's not the same. And I think Cutler goes on to, to have a much more um, prolific individual career as a Q in the league. Remember, he was coming off a Pro Bowl year a legit Pro Bowl year. Now, this is circa 08 Pro Bowl, all right? So he was traded in 09, but the 08 numbers, Zach, he was around 3,800 yards, uh, 24, 25 touchdowns. That was a good, good season for a quarterback not named Peyton Manning or Tom Brady at the time. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not a great set of choices here. I'm still hoping for the Meteor to come and wipe us away, but I'm taking Vic Fangio. You're talking about two... If Fangio gets fired, he, he would go down as a bad head coach, but uh, McDaniels was historically bad. I mean, they don't make him like that anymore. All right, last Super Chat of the night, and then we got to go from Randy. What's up, Randy? Appreciate you. He said, I hope Jamar Johnson makes the team. Love the show. Thank you for that. In a perfect world, I would want him to as well, but to be frank with you, he was a fifth-round pick. The tape he's put on in preseason is not going to get anyone out there in the league chomping at the bit. So if you waive him, I would say you have better than 50-50 odds of re-signing him to the squad and keeping him in the team's you know bosom, so to speak. But he just hasn't – I know he got a late start and all that to training camp, and that's obviously been a big factor behind his kind of failure to launch, at least early on. But so far, I haven't seen anything that makes me trip on – Losing Jamar Johnson. It's a new show idea. The Broncos bosoms. Yeah, I, I, Jamar Johnson. Though I, I don't. I I would love to see him make the team, but you got me worried now. When you said last night, Chad, that maybe PJ Locke in the short term would make it because he's done more in the preseason. And as we know, Vic Fangio, all about what have you done for me lately? It's all about the film. And it's sad to say, for this summer at least, PJ Locke's had better film than Jamar Johnson. We got to give some. Uh... Massive, massive props to uh, our stars tonight as we say goodnight real quick. Uh, Randy Jones in particular just flexing, closing some of the gap between he and, and Zeus wow. in, the, in the running. We'll see what the, what the wow. rankings look like tomorrow night. But Randy, 15,000 stars. You demand. Howie, almost 3,000. Andrew Lampy in four digits. James in four digits. Shannon, four-digit stars. Michael. Love you, buddy. Gary, Mason, Dave Glassman, much love and appreciation to each and every one of you. And to all of you, our Super Chat superstars, all of our listeners, whether you're with us live or listening after the fact on demand, appreciate you guys. This is it. We got to bounce for now, Zach. Uh, we'll be back. You know, this is a rarity. Three nights in a row, Huddle Up podcast, two weeks in a row, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So we'll be back tomorrow night. We'll see what's cooking and what the cuts are. I think you'll start seeing the cuts tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, dude, sign us off and have a great start to your week. Thank you. You as well, Chad. I want to say, though, I got an update on Pookie Williams' nickname. Apparently, he was he's from a small town of Wallace, North Carolina, where everyone had a nickname. So he settled on Pookie. I don't know much beyond that. One programming announcement I wanted to make, though, everyone's been asking me about the MHH Fantasy Draft, and I have an update on that, guys. We have a paid league going on. Some of you guys have reached out to me. I've reached out to you. I've got you down. We have 14 spots. First come, first serve. Unfortunately, I transferred computers. I lost a lot of my data, so email us. Chad, we said mylahuddle at gmail.com. Yep, yep. Reach out, first come, first serve, 14-team league, uh, $50 buy-in to the league. I'm going to be aiming to collect everything by uh, Sunday, September 5th, before that podcast, so we can go over that. And the draft would be that Tuesday, September 7th, around the same time the pod would go on. We'll finalize that uh, with more details. We'll have more on tomorrow and next week's show. But reach out to us again if you want in the league, 14-team, $50 buy-in, mileihuddle at gmail.com. And listen to Dylan, what he says there. Make sure to hit that like button on the way out. But this was 
that out huddled up podcast in the meantime until we see you guys tomorrow night like chad said three days in a row we can get used to this follow us on twitter at huddle up pod follow the main account for all your broncos news analysis rumors film breakdowns and so much more at mile high huddle also follow chad on twitter at chad and jensen you can follow me at kelberman nfl if you haven't already, go to huddleuppod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a trucker hat like Chad's wearing, a Dove Valley Deep Diver shirt like Chad's wearing. He's cross-promotional tonight. How about a dad hat that I'm wearing? A lot of stuff there. I promise you'll like it. Also, facebook.com slash Huddle. Big blue button. Become a supporter. We have three VIP shows. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone. Really great exclusive content you don't want to miss. Become a supporter today. We appreciate it. Also, facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. But if you can't do any of that, as always, we appreciate you and respect you. Just do these three things that help us out more than anything else. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every single Howie freaking video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow exponentially and reach more Broncos fans just like you. But we are off until tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern as always. Take care and go Broncos.